Spy Talk, a podcast at the intersection of intelligence, foreign policy, national security, and military operations with Jeff Stein and Jean Meserve. Welcome to another edition of Spy Talk. I'm Jean Meserve. Jeff Stein is off for a couple of weeks on medical leave. <laughs> The war in Ukraine grinds on. How and when it will end, still unknown. But Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is blaming some battlefield losses on Russian collaborators within his own government, who provided intelligence and other forms of assistance to Russian forces. One bit of proof, he said, after Ukrainian forces were defeated, more than 60 members of the Ukrainian prosecutor's office and SBU security force remained in the territory occupied by Russia. So Zelensky is making some changes. In the biggest shakeup of his government since the war began, Zelensky announced the suspension of two key members of his government. Irina Venediktova, the prosecutor general in charge of investigating war crimes, and Ivan Bakanov, head of Ukraine's domestic security service, the SBU. We connected with Olga Lotman. She is a senior fellow at the Center for European Policy Analysis and co-host of the Kremlin File podcast. I asked her about the breadth and depth and danger of Russian sympathizers and collaborators within the Ukrainian government. It's a very big problem because since the collapse of the Soviet Union and Ukraine's independence, uh, Russia, you know, has never stopped running active measures, operations, political capture, infiltration of agencies inside of Ukraine. And I mean, it's a big problem in the intelligence services. It's a big problem in, you know, with political parties with oligarchs and just overall you know um with the media outlets for a long time you had uh, like these pro uh putin oligarchs who had media outlets that would you know run disinformation and russian propaganda all day so um i would say it's a very big problem it's gotten better since 2014 since uh yanukovych fled the former president of ukraine and he fled to russia um it's gotten a lot better and clearly now you see um even by the recent polling of the unity of ukrainians after putin's assault on ukraine this year talking specifically about the sbu the intelligence service the kgb actually trained a lot of the people in the sbu didn't they and did that give them an opportunity to uh, identify sympathizers and and recruit agents Yes, absolutely. Because what happened is that when it was the Soviet Union, you had the KGB. And after the collapse of the Soviet Union, uh, the intelligence agency split. Ukraine, you know, ended up 
having their intelligence agencies, military and and uh, uh, law enforcement and SBU. And then you had Russia, you know, the KGB fragment off into SVR and FSB inside of Russia. So a lot of the older people actually did train in KGB schools and, uh, and uh, you know, had senior positions in Ukraine under the KGB. Has the fact that there are so many agents and collaborators whose sympathies are with Russia, has that had an impact on the battlefield in the war? It did at the beginning because um, right after Putin launched his uh, full-scale assault, because people have to remember that Russia invaded Ukraine in 2014, but after he launched his full-scale assault in um, February, a lot of the early towns that were captured very quickly by Russian forces were done as an inside job. Um, and that came from, you know, particularly what we're seeing now is SBU agents and commanders in the field in those regions. So it's absolutely, it had a huge effect. Um, luckily it was solved and um, uh, Ukrainians military intelligence, which is G-U-R, um, it was, thank goodness for them, Ukrainian people and the military, the defense ministry, they're the ones who, uh, you know, were able to stop Russia from taking over Ukraine in this full-scale invasion of theirs. So why did this shakeup happen now? Why were these uh, suspensions of the head of the SBU and the prosecutor general, why did they get the green light now? Do you think there was specific intelligence that prompted that? Yes, so after um, Russia launched their assault in February and the towns that Russia is now um, has under occupation fell quickly, by March, there were already investigations into this and there were several arrests in March. And as the months keep going, the more information is coming out through these investigations and it saw the extent to which um, SBU collaborated with Russia, not the whole agency, but, you know, certain officials within the SBU in the towns that were captured by Russia, along with agents, how they collaborated with SBU at a point even, you know, providing logistics on Ukrainian military and on the mine mines, locations of mines in order for Russia to, you know, be able to come in. So, uh, Bakanov, am I saying his name right, Bakanov? Mm -hmm. Bakanov, yeah. He's, mm -hmm. he's a childhood friend of Zelensky's. He, he ran his campaign, and yet he's suspended now. Was I have to believe that he, as an individual, is probably, you know, uh, behind the president 100%. Um, but was there frustration, perhaps, at the slowness of investigations and the failure to root out collaborators earlier and more effectively? I think it's a combination. I mean, it's something you see, you know, in a lot of agencies, even in the U.S., if there's a major intelligence failure, the person who is in charge of that agency is usually the one who has to, you know, will take blame. He is not under investigation for treason, but with his leadership, there were 
I mean, uh, there are countless right now investigations into the severity of uh, the treason inside of SBU and how much was handed over to Russia, who is still left there. So, I mean, the fact that he was in charge of it, he, you know, Zelensky fired him. Again, he's not accused of committing the treason, but Zelensky fired him to put new leadership on and to shake up the agency and and continue the investigations. And what about the prosecutor general? Why was she sacked? The prosecutor general came a little bit more of a surprise. Honestly, there again, it's the same exact thing within the prosecutor's office that there were a lot of people who were collaborating with Russia. So I guess as her being the head of the office of the agency, she, uh, you know, same, pretty much ended up in the same uh, position as uh, Bokhanov. But again, she's not, she's not also suspected of treason. If anything, she's actually, um, there are uh, discussions of her staying in the government and potentially getting a diplomatic spot. What will the impact of their departures be? Let's talk about her first. Um, What's going to happen to war crime investigations, do you think, with her gone? As long as the people who are currently in place investigating war crimes, as long as they remain, then the investigation, you know, will go forward. And there are, I mean, tens of thousands of cases right now of uh, investigations into Russia's war crimes. Um, So as long as the people are there, if they start departing or, you know, we see something strange happening, then we're going to have a problem. But also uh, with that, I'm not as worried because you have the international community on the ground who are also assisting in the war crimes investigation. So I think with that, at least that aspect of the prosecutor general's office, I think it's fairly safe for now. So do you think under new leadership that the SBU is really going to be able to root out all the spies and collaborators that might be within this organization, which I gather is enormous? I think so. And I think, you know, the SBU needs to go through reforms. And I think, you know, once they take it serious, because I mean, because of these agents, you know, uh, you have parts of Ukraine that fell. And I think after this, I mean, you know, there have to be serious reforms and with proper leadership, I think, you know, they'll be able to get a a handle on it. And look, this is a very old tactic. I mean, the Soviet Union, their key goals were to infiltrate the CIA and the FBI. Obviously, it was harder, you know, to get into our agencies. But after the collapse of the Soviet Union and with Russia, they never stopped. They always, you know, wanted to penetrate our agencies. Now, picture Ukraine and all of Russia's other neighbors who, you know, are right there. Russia has, like, run all their operations and used Ukraine and Russia's other neighbors as testing grounds for everything that we see from cyber attacks to political capture to you know infiltration of agencies so i think you know it's a, it's a, something that russia does and i think it's also something that we in america also need to be very careful with uh, you know and and make sure that russia is not able to infiltrate our political parties and our own agencies and corrupt the system Well, that's a whole different topic, which we could perhaps explore a different time. Um, I'm wondering if the change in leadership at the SBU 
strengthens Zelensky's control over security services, or does it create some turmoil? Are they unsettled, perhaps distrustful because this has happened? Well, the traders inside, I'm sure, are unsettled, but I think you know you have to find the people who committed treason i mean at this point it is treason they allowed russia to capture certain towns they collaborated with the enemy to give them logistics and to you know endanger ukraine's um, military and citizens um you know the civil defense force so i think um you know with correct leadership you know if you are for ukraine you want a uh, solid SBU and you want good leadership and you want reforms. If you're, you know, working with Russia, obviously you're going to feel very unsettled about the move. Yeah, a little nervous. <laughs> Where exactly does this leave U.S. intelligence? Should the U.S. be wary about sharing intelligence with the SBU, given the number of Russian sympathizers who appear to be inside? I think, I mean, I'm sure that U.S. has taken a precaution with SBU. The GUR is a much stronger uh, intelligence force and not, for the most part, infiltrated. And I think that U.S. intelligence agencies work much more closely with GR, GUR. Sorry. GRU is Russia's military. GUR is um uh ukraine's military uh, uh intelligence um and i'm pretty sure that especially you know because of the war that uh u.s intelligence agencies are working more closely with that than sbu so what should the u.s and others perhaps be taking from this experience in ukraine I think that they need to look at what is happening in Ukraine, see how Russian intelligence services have infiltrated Ukraine on all levels, from intelligence agencies to political capture, economic capture. And I think, you know, we need to safeguard our own institutions and make sure that we do everything to prevent Russia's uh active measure campaigns on u.s soil because russia's end goal is to overthrow and subvert and overthrow democracy and to implode countries from within and this is you know we're seeing it we see you know in u.s and across europe the the uh, rise of the far right and uh, you know and all the turmoil and division and polarization and i think that that should be the lesson because ukraine went through this, Russia did this, they tested um, these uh, tactics in Ukraine a decade ago before they exported it into Europe and US. And what assessment would you give of Zelensky's performance here? Was he doing the right thing? You seem to say yes, but did he do it soon enough? I think he could have done it much sooner. Um, I think he should have done it before the war, if you ask me, because um, Ukraine civil society has been calling for reforms for these agencies for you know years. So um, he should have done it before uh, Russia's assault. But at the moment, he is dealing with Russia's assault. And he also has to root out in a quick speed the traitors inside who may still be collaborating with Russia. So, I mean, he has a very heavy task at hand and, you know, better late than never, I guess they say. 
so this shakeup certainly hasn't solved the problem for him. It's just one step on what could be a very long road. Absolutely. Yeah, no, this is far from solving the problem. You still have, you know, to do investigations, brood everyone out and um, and put in reforms to prevent, you know, this from happening in the future. I've been warning about um, the far right, the rise of the far right and Russia's operations to to support autocrats and the far right. And I mean, honestly, what is happening in the United States? I mean, this is our issues, but it's Russia pouring gasoline on it. And they've been conducting active measures here for over a decade. I mean, it's actually frightening because you start seeing when Russia got involved here, you know, we didn't get to the point that this country, you know, has lost their mind. And, you know, some people think wearing a mask is an attack on their freedoms. We didn't get to this point overnight. This has been in the works. And I mean, if you look at the Russia's active measures campaigns here, they're, you know, outreach to far right groups, to Nazi groups, training in Europe, you know, Nazi groups in Russian paramilitary camps. This is something they've been working at. And because, I mean, with the final goal, they want to destroy U.S. power and they want to overthrow democracy globally. That was Olga Lotman, co-host of the Kremlin File podcast and a senior fellow at the Center for European Policy Analysis. By the way, President Zelensky says that more than 650 criminal proceedings involving treason and collaboration are currently underway. A reminder, you can subscribe to the Spy Talk podcast and leave us a review. Also, subscribe to Spy Talk on Substack, where you will find exclusive and important reporting on all things intelligence. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Gene Meserve. Jeff Stein is at Spy Talker. For Jeff Stein, who's off on medical leave, I'm Jean Meserve. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week. For more original reporting and insights like this, subscribe to spytalk.co on Substack and follow us on Twitter at talk underscore spy. If you enjoyed our podcast, subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.